Welcome everyone to the World Wrestling Federation. Welcome to the Cup Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario. Yes, this is the Royal Rumble. Scheduled here tonight, live. We'll see the official signing of what is unquestionably the most long-awaited rematch in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant officially putting their John Hancock on paper for the rematch. It takes place February 5. And then from there, a tag team title matchup. Yes, the jumping bomb angels from Japan. The challengers to square off against the reigning champions, Jimmy Hart's Glamour Girls, and a two out of three fall event. And then that man, Dino Bravo, will attempt to break the world bench press mark of over 705 pounds right here, live tonight. And then Bobby the Brain Heenan's Islanders and yet another tag team matchup to square off against the Young Stallion. And of course, we're long awaiting the presence of 20 men in the ring all at the same time for the Royal Rumble. Hello again and welcome to another edition of the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 21. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, what do you have from us from the news desk in this week, the third week in January 2017? Trish Stratus had her second baby, so we want to congratulate straight to her. We're going to skip on past that. (laughs) Yes, well... uh, yeah, way to go. Yeah. Having babies. Yeah. I don't think it would be hard for her to find a man to have babies with. Uh, rumors are still circulating that Vince has decided to change his mind, and it's Brock and Braun Strowman at WrestleMania 33. No way. Not in a million, million years. Sorry. I mean, what do you think about that? I I would rather like to see that, actually. Over, <sighs> over Brock in Goldberg 3, I would like to see Braun Strowman in Brock. You, I don't like you. It. You would too. Don't lie. No, I don't like. I don't like big guy, big guy matches. They oh. rare, they very rarely deliver. Braun Braun's gonna beat the shit out of him. If fifty year old Goldberg can beat him up, sure. Then Braun Strowman should have his way with him too. Oh yeah, because if he loses to Brock, that kills every momentum they've built on Braun Strowman right off the bat. I mean, right off the bat, that kills his character. Yeah, but we say that, but you know. Yeah, they they killed Taker too, so you know. It is bring him back. My last one before we hit to the Rumble stuff is uh, WWE marketing offices this week have been going to town wanting more reality based content for the uh, WWE network. They feel like that's picking up pace, and apparently, the thing with uh, JBL and and uh, Paul Heyman was kind of a test run on that that exact topic so well the bite this or whatever it was called bring it to the table bring it to the table same thing <laughs> it's all the same it's all the same show same show it's all a bunch of people talking about wrestling except and, for us we're be- we're the best I mean, well we are the best sometimes they're in a car sometimes they're at the table sometimes they're with jbl sometimes they're with stone cold but they're all doing or, the same thing or they're divas floating around in a pool talking about john cena so you know Right. Well, that's my only uh, concern about this reality-based program. And when you say that, what it makes me think is that they're going to put Total Divas on the network first run instead of... Because I think E's just about ready to drop this show. Uh, the ratings have progressively gone down over the years, and uh, in an effort to save the show, I imagine that they would put it on the network. But at the same time, I hate scripted reality shows, basically. Oh, yeah. I just don't... Like, Holy Foley, I've never sat down to watch a second Oh, see, I loved it. every episode of it. Of course you did. I don't like any of that kind of shit. I just don't like... I don't like reality programming when they're given scenarios 
scenarios to go do like oh it's you know Mick Foley and Noel you're gonna go bowling today or you know you're yeah. gonna you're gonna yeah. go skydiving today and there's no there's no logic in how it's it's just like pro wrestling there's no logic in how it's booked and it's it just feels very contrived and it's just not something that I'm really into all the shows about talking about wrestling and you know shoot style interviews or whatever that's fine they can keep churning those out I'll I'll burn through those or whatever but well I enjoy the ride-alongs I think that's pretty entertaining they're okay but in some ways they're very contrived as well there was a DVD they put out this year about the hardcore title uh, well right. it was last year about the hardcore title and it felt so forced um, it was Tommy Dreamer Raven and Mick Foley sitting at a table yeah and the topics that Mick Foley would introduce just felt so forced like and they didn't even mention like Crash Holly you know like I mean yeah. it was just I, I watched the little excerpt the like the first look yeah at the first look yeah that's what I and I was I was like wow this really looks interesting I would like to you know i'm gonna get this dvd and so i watched it and then that completely turned it off for me because i was it's like man i'm thinking it's going to be old matches and they're going to talk about back you know backstory of those old match no it was just it, it, it didn't do it for me there's a difference in in the reality programming that doesn't have the narrative inserted into it that's that's really good like the stone cold podcast when he doesn't have when it's not filtered when it's not filtered through their bubble when they're not given you know Talking point A, talking point B, talking point C. It's much better. Unfortunately, I think when they say they're going to invest more in reality program, that's the route they're going to take. Yeah. There's a big rumor this week, though, that they're also they're going to add ICW to the network. So now we're starting to get into indie federations being added. And to me, that also signals that we could be seeing a rate increase on the network this year. That, and I think with the, uh, I think you're, you're they're going to start pushing the envelope with that maturity level now again on the network since they can't do it on live TV. I think you're going to get more along the lines of... Uh, Camp WWE? Yeah, I think you'll get another run of it. But I also think on, on live net or not live but on uh, on tape video library you'll start they'll reach out and start getting indie shows or ending stuff indie stuff like xpw that went out of business they'll start getting uh, the xwf that went out back in 2002 or 2003 right around in there i think they'll start getting more along the lines of the maturity level there and you know with with it stating you know hey this is rated m for mature you know please go and adjust your parental guidance, all that crap that they say before every single, you know, mature show that they have on the network. But Well, the great thing that the network has going for it and for the company is that all of the stuff that they run so far, they own. And they don't have to pay anybody for it. There's no residuals. Right. So unlike Netflix that spends billions and billions of dollars a year to license programming, this company doesn't spend after they produce it. There's it's a cost profit. Of, it's, yeah, but after yeah. it's on it's and it's in their library forever and ever. Yeah. And it so that's the one thing that this network really that's the one thing it has going for it is it's very uh cost effective. So adding if they can buy up libraries of old indie shows on the cheap and then raise the price of the network, it's all great. It's all good then. A library of like a defunct promotion, like you say, I mean, it's just not going to have what value does that have to the copyright holder, you know, like Yeah. And he'll sell it for whatever. He'll and, sell it for a couple thousand bucks. And be done with time it. And take money and laugh and run to the bank. And, and and then they can turn it around on their million plus subscribers and say, well, that'll be an extra dollar a month. Gigolo Championship Wrestling. Uh, you know, Is the ICP still doing that? I don't Sometimes, very do they, rarely. I think Vince might actually throw his name as like 
throw his name out there to get more of a mature rating type stuff. So I feel like that is a possibility as well. You know, I, I, I just I see there's so many of these great cult like indie shows from the past oh, I mean, that, if they that could, I think I think they're going to reach out to get that video library. If they could get their hands on PWG Battle of Los Angeles, which is always on DVD, it's never been on a streaming service, that's something that's very valuable you know, to them, and that's something that subscribers, I think, would be willing to pay a couple extra dollars for. Yeah. You get into a gray area like, I mean, how much more are we going to pay for this network, Patrick? I mean... Uh, if you push it above fourteen ninety nine, I don't think you're going to get any sales. Yeah, I think, in fact, if you push it past twelve ninety nine, I think you're really, you're starting to stretch... Yeah. ...to stretch the audience thin, but... Yeah. We'll see what happens. They've got... They they can go a lot of different directions with this network, and after so many years of being a wrestling fan, I do think it's the best thing that ever happened to wrestling fans i mean even you used to subscribe to 24 7 i did and this is way better than 24 i was i was one of the very first ones to uh get a hold of comcast here in chattanooga and fight to get it actually get comcast to carry it and 24 7 was an on-demand channel it was an on-demand channel yeah but even then your selections were limited like you you, only got what they posted which was i think like 80 hours worth a month and And that was like ten dollars that was like 10 bucks so now you're getting what like 200 hours worth oh at least two thousand hours i mean it's just ridiculous yeah for the same amount of money so this is one of the best things to ever happen to pro wrestling fans and i i hope that they keep the price down so we can continue to enjoy this thing all right now my royal rumble news my good friend mr james ellsworth is going around all over twitter and facebook posting hashtag ellsworth rumble that is he is trying every way in the world to fight his way into being a part of the royal rumble i feel like he's going to make it in what about you definitely because here we are we're recording this a week out from the 2017 royal rumble and we only have 18 confirmed entrants who have said they are going to enter on tv which that leaves 12 we'll see okay we start off we got goldberg lesnar biggie kofi and xavier woods we have uh, chris jericho braun Strowman, baron corbin seth rollins the undertaker dean ambrose miz dolph ziggler cesaro Seamus, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Luke Harper. Right, so... I I feel like... Well, we'll get into our fantasies here in a second, but I, I feel like James Ellsworth will be a part of it. I also, with my inside notes, hear that Pentagon Jr. is leaving AAA. I feel, I feel like that's going to be a surprise at NXT San Antonio. I feel like him... And I also think AAA, I, there may be talks with getting content for the network there is why they're getting him as well. So we will wish the best luck to pentagon jr we also want to talk about uh kenny omega once again is dropping hints about the fact that he's going to be doing some business in san antonio this coming weekend oh we've talked about it before i just don't see them wasting a a rumble entry on kenny omega no i think it'll be an nxt thing yeah maybe at the nxt takeover but i think that'll be he'll he'll show up there let's try and figure out these last 12 spots okay okay so we have 18 confirmed names i think you're right about ellsworth i think he gets a spot i think triple h gets a spot i think kane gets a spot big show big show i would say surprise maybe shaquille o'neal shows up for one no i don't think they're gonna let them touch till till mania okay so you have ellsworth kane triple h 
Triple H. Ty Dillinger from NXT. Then I've got Big Show. I, then, I, then I, I, I think we're going to see Kurt Angle as a special entry into the Royal Rumble. I just can't see them. I can't see them doing that. I just not not this year. I think Samoa Joe shows up. You think Samoa? Yeah. So that gets us to, in my opinion, that gets us to twenty four. So now we still have six spots. Look at your legends. Well, now we need. I don't have enough. There's. I don't have enough jobbers in this list. You got to look at your legends. You're gonna have your surprise entry legends. I think possibly Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I don't know. That's a shot in the dark. I think Booker T. I'm gonna pencil in Booker T. You think Booker T. Will be a legend? Surprise legend. Yeah, so that gets us to 25. Uh, I still think... Because we're in Texas. I, I still think Shawn Michaels. I don't see that happening either. I I mean, it is San Antonio. You can't walk in there and not have Shawn Michaels be a part of the pay-per-view some way, shape, form, or fashion. For these last five spots, I would almost just fill them out with jobbers. Outside of the... I would consider Kofi and Xavier Woods basically jobbers out of the list that, that's confirmed. But, I mean, you're going to have to probably put gold Eric dust. Rowan. Eric Rowan. You have Luke Harper, but oh. you still have Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan's been out hurt, so I think Eric will show back up. And he'll turn on the White family. Okay, so Eric Rowan. And then I'm like you, uh, I think Gold Dust. That leaves three spots. So this is this is where I think we're really getting into to Jobberville here. I'm going to say surprise return Finn Balor comes back. That he's, might not happen. No, he's still uh, he's still out for quite a while, injury-wise. I'll be shocked if he actually shows back up this early. Well, now I imagine Epico and Primo are two spots, and now we have one last spot to fill out. I still think we're getting away from the, the, the shock Mark value. Henry? That's Okay, that's, that's my final list then. I don't think that you're going to have a lot of uh, legend returns because you've already... You've already advertised Goldberg. That's your legend return. And Taker. Goldberg, Taker, and Booker T. If he, because they are in, they are in Texas. So no, rumors are Kurt Angle will be in San Antonio next weekend. Don't Why? see that happening either. I, I mean, I, I still think that's going to be. It, what a what a way to do it though, really and truly. Go in the Hall of Fame the night before main eventing WrestleMania. WrestleMania. I'm just saying I feel like that is that puts the icing on the cake as to holy cow. But out of the title matches, I mean the reason you'd put him in so you think he's you would put him in to to win? So you wouldn't put him in if he lost. I'd put him in all the way. Either way. If he won, I just don't see him going into a title match with Roman Reigns or Kevin Owens or AJ Styles or John Cena. Where does he fit into the title picture? And if you're if you're not gonna have him win, why would you put him in the put him in the match i think he would win i think you'll see i would love to see aj and and kurt angle actually but that, we've seen it in total non-stop action wrestling not on the big stage in wwe hi you gotta look at it they don't look past that but then what do you do with cena well they're gonna feed cena to uh to take her this year i don't see that happening either i i mean we can spend a whole nother episode on wrestlemania oh, no i'm just booking. saying i i feel like i feel like it's looking like wrestlemania's gonna wrap up towards this you're gonna have taker Cena. You're going to have Braun Strowman and Lesnar. You're going to also have Kurt Angle taking on either AJ or whoever's champ. Or somewhere right around. Kurt Angle will be in the ring WrestleMania weekend. I'm, um, I, I He'll would, be in a ring, but yeah, to accept an award. No, absolutely. No, he will be in wrestling capacity. He won't clear a physical. He cannot get How can he ring. not clear a physical when he just stepped in a ring and wrestled only a month and a half ago? Because that's different. That's different. Wrestling in the indie promotions and the scrutiny that the WWE gets for injuries is just totally... Because Daniel Bryan could just quit. 
and go wrestle in the indie circuit if he wanted to. It's just a difference of they're the most scrutinized company. This is the right. biggest company, so well, they're no, under the microscope. Right. Okay, well, okay. Here, we're getting away from it. Here, what about this? Something along the lines of a, a shocker that's going in the Hall of Fame that shows up as WrestleMania or as a Royal Rumble entry or something along those lines. Think of guys that... They just you, did DDP last year. Yeah, but DDP didn't go in the Hall of Fame. They're 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 going to try to because you're getting watered down. You need you need a new concept to link them together. Either your Hall of Fame headliner goes on to headline WrestleMania and has like that Ric Flair kind of weekend, or you announce a Hall of Fame member as being part of the Royal Rumble or something along those lines. They they you got to change it up a little bit for to be unique and different. I'm gonna have to change up our Rumble lineup again. I'm going to take Epico off and I'm going to put Rusev in. Rusev is not currently booked for a match at oh, the Rumble. Yeah, so. no, we'll have to have Rusev, that's true. But he should be in a match earlier in the night against... I'd almost... Well, and I need to put Big Cass in here, but they're going to fight earlier in the night. Oh, well, then they won't be a part of the Rumble. They well, won't. they're not on the card yet, though, so... Okay, so we got 18, and then I would definitely count on James Ellsworth, Triple H, and Kane. I would... And Big Show. See, I would almost think he's going to sit this one out. You think he's going to wait and show up at Mania too? I mean, there's just nothing for him to do in this Rumble. He's not going to win it. No, but you got to have a big guy. There's to, nothing if Shaq, you got to have a big guy to somehow or another throw around guys like Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, and Goldberg. They, so you need not, Braun Strowman. You need to give a big guy for Braun Strowman to throw over the top. That's you, what you want. You got to have. You got to have a power guy to to make another power guy look good, because you're not going to have someone like James Ellsworth eliminate Goldberg or Braun Strowman. See, that's actually what not Goldberg, but that's exactly the spot I think James Ellsworth will have in the Rumble. Is to eliminate a big guy. Well, oh, I, I don't have Sami Zayn in here. I would put Sami Zayn. Actually, Sami Zayn. Anyway, we'll get into actual picks here in just a second. We'll we'll talk about the match. We're, we're getting way off topic here. Yeah. Sorry to bo- sorry to interrupt the podcast, but let's uh, let's run down the rest of this lineup for Royal Rumble 17. The matches that are confirmed going into Sunday. Uh, first up, Rich Swan will defend his cruiserweight title against Neville. Who do you have in this match, Patrick? I got Neville. I think that Rich Swan hangs on to it until Mania. All right, so we split. Make sure you make a note of that. Uh, you then gotta- for the Raw Women's Title, we have Charlotte Flair taking on Bailey. Bailey. I think Charlotte Flair retains. They're putting way too much emphasis on the fact that Charlotte went undefeated last year in pay-per-views. That's why I think they would save her loss for WrestleMania. Okay, we split there. And um, uh, St- uh, AJ Styles and John Cena for the uh, SmackDown WWE Championship. AJ. I think he retains as well. I don't see... Well... <laughs> they have bigger they plans could, for... No, I just think that they could give him the belt here. Well, they've got a pay-per-view two weeks later, Elimination Chamber. And they're not going to change that up with him being... It's, I mean, he's already... Well, this would tie the record. And so he would want to break the record at WrestleMania. Is this where you have him tie the record, or do you have him tie the record down the road and break it at next year's WrestleMania? Break it next year's. I think this is the one match that... This could go either way, actually. This is one that I have doubts about. Styles and Cena. Well, in this match, too, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. With Jericho suspended in a shark cage above the ring, who do you have in the Raw Universal title match? Owens. Jericho breaks loose somehow, or somebody else joins up with him. Roman is not walking out that champ. I mean, I can tell you what I want to happen. I can tell you what I think I'm going is with going what to I, happen. Well, see, that's it. I'm going with what I th- what I want to happen. Well... 
because true wrestling fans want to see Kevin Owens in a title match at WrestleMania. Well, he will be in a title match for the U.S. title because why did they give Chris Jericho the U.S. belt? See, that's what that's the big tell to me is that well, okay, the then, payoff to Owens and Jericho is going to be for the U.S. belt after all this time. Scratch my off. You're right. I'm going to go with Reigns then. They can always flip it back at the next pay-per-view if they wanted to. Right, right. Something, but I just think that... Who are they going to feed Reigns, though, for the title? Goldberg. Well, if you were to read into that tease a few weeks ago when Goldberg appeared on the show and they had the stare down, you would definitely think that that's a direction that they were teasing. Is and Brock and, and Braun. I just don't see that happening. Now, this Royal Rumble match okay. this year, the last couple of years, I felt were pretty easy to predict. Well, There were only about two or three people the last two years that could win. You've got 205 guys that have to be a part of the Rumble this year as well. I do not see them taking part in this Rumble. You'll see a few. Well, we've already we've already talked about they only have 12 spots to fill, Patrick. I know. And we're already, I'm going to, I would bet money that Kane, Triple H, and James Ellsworth shows up. So that actually means you only have nine spots. I feel like Mark Henry agree oh, as well. You, you really think have- Mark Henry's a lock? You, to you be have in? to have big guys because you got too many. You got Taker in there too. You got way too many big guys to not have some other other type big guys to have fluke eliminations where they both go over at the same time. Things like that. And I think Sami Zayn is. You can count on him. Um, I, I really think I think you were right on Samojo. And so okay, so that gets us down to seven. Eric Rowan, I still is going to think is going to be. Some he's been out hurt. He's now healed. The Wyatt family's been missing him. I think the 205 guys, you might get one. You yeah. might get Jack Gallagher. as Because a couple of these spots, like we talked about, with Rusev and Big Cass probably going to be in a match earlier in the night. They're not going to be a part of it. It just doesn't make sense to not have Big Cass in there as, as high as they've been on Big Cass. Especially with all these other big... You have every other big guy in there. They're not going to... Yeah, waste him. They're not going to waste him. They realize what they they realize they've got money in him. They'll keep with, him for next year with Enzo doing the talking and him doing the walking. Like I mean, they've got money invested in that. They they're not going to waste that one. All right. So here are some of the questions for the Rumble. Instead of just out and out, who is going to win? Who will be entry number one? Patrick. Who will draw number one? Goldberg. Goldberg can't be the Iron Man. No, he's not going to win. That is why. So you say Goldberg for the Iron Man. I say Goldberg for the Iron Man well, spot. Well, you, you pick Goldberg for number one, not necessarily yeah, Iron he's Man. He's not going all the way. I think number one will be Sami Zayn. And he is also my pick for Iron Man, which is who will be in the Rumble the longest but not win it. Who do you think will be in the Rumble the longest and not win it? I think the longest will be uh, Lesnar. See, I just think these two big guys... I think I think Goldberg's going to run through it, or the roles are going to be reversed. Lesnar comes in first, runs through him. Goldberg comes out, and they both beat each other till they both eliminate each other. Most eliminations. This is where I would have. I'm going to go with Baron Corbin to be different. I I'm going to go with uh, Strowman. That's who I would. I'm only picking Baron Corbin to be different because we would both have the same one. Yeah. Who gets eliminated the fastest? Ellsworth. <laughs> I don't think that. No, uh, no, I take that back. Take that back. Take that back. The Miz gets eliminated the fastest. Okay. I'm going to say that Xavier Woods is eliminated the fastest. Okay. I'm going with The Miz. All right. Well, that leaves, I guess, the big category then. Who will win this 
30th ever Royal Rumble match and headline WrestleMania in a title match of his choosing, Patrick Young. I see Taker. I, see, I, I, don't, j- I don't want to say it, but there's way too many storylines spinning off of this. I got I to gotta go with Taker. I think it's going to be Taker and Cena for the title. I've mentioned this already, but to me, the better match for Taker would be with Goldberg because then you have streak versus streak, which both streaks long broken, but yeah. the greatest two streaks in pro wrestling history meeting together. They're both older guys. That would be a good WrestleMania match. They can't work very long. There's a selling There's a selling point there as well because you have yeah, streak versus streak. Okay. Now, um, for my winner, this is very tough. This year, like I said, this year in the first year in at least two or three years is one that I'm really conflicted over which direction to go in. I still think that the Goldberg program will actually end up being Goldberg and Lesnar. I don't think they're going to they don't need the belt in that feud. Okay, well, let's Here's do Here's my two choices. Here's what I've narrowed it down to. Okay. This is what I'm struggling with. I want to pick my heart tells me to pick Chris Jericho because they he's never won one. Right. And my logic behind him winning too is he won the US title and that was a belt that he never had. So this would be the thing that he the never The one had. thing for the, for him to ride off in the sunset go in the Hall of Fame in a year or two. I agree. I'm with you on that. That is a very strong possibility. However, I'm also seeing a Bray Wyatt. I just think they're so cold on Bray Wyatt. They are, but I think that he's going to end up with Randy Orton. They need to kickstart that motor somehow. I think that's a possibility. And my third possibility, because I think you're right. I think when you go back through, you don't have Goldberg, you don't have Lesnar, you don't have Strowman, you don't have Taker. Guaranteed to be working big matches at WrestleMania, they will not win. They don't need the belt. They don't need the belt. So they do not win. So if you take that out, you have Jericho, you have Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt. They're not going to give Baron Corbin yet. Yet to be No, I think he'll have a very good showing, but I don't think he'll win. I see a Triple H. Well, but since he won last year, that takes him out. That's why that leads me to my second pick and who I think I'm actually going to write down. I'm going to go on record with Seth Rollins will win the Royal Rumble match. And see, I think that this gives some flexibility because they can go with Triple H at Mania, which is definitely the direction they should go. Right. But if they want to, they can have Reigns beat beat Owens for the belt and then have Seth Rollins because Rollins uh, oh, Reigns has never beat Rollins on pay-per-view for the belt. I, it's really mattered. Right. My mind is swarming here so much, and I can guarantee you I will be able to name every single WrestleMania match determining who wins the Royal Rumble next Sunday. What do you mean? If Goldberg wins... Oh, you're going to be able to fill out the WrestleMania card. WrestleMania card before it's even announced. Well, I mean, it would definitely... Because of the Well, it's going to be easy because they're going to basically tease everything, you know. No, they're not going to tease it. Not everything. Not everything. But I think you're right. I think you're really on to something, and I'm going to jump on your bandwagon, actually. I think Chris Jericho. Okay, so you're changing from Taker to Jericho. Yeah. Because, like I said, when you go from... when you. When you take out your four big people that's going to be in a in a, a work for Mania, Taker, Strowman, Lesnar, Goldberg. That their name sells them. That their name alone right now makes money. I feel like, yeah, that leaves Jericho. So, I mean. All right, so I'm going to pick Seth Rollins as the winner of the 30th Royal Rumble, and you are going to take Chris Jericho. I'm taking Chris Jericho. 
So, which it'll be very strange what happens in the main event because he's going to be in that shark cage, and I'm sure that'll go on before. I'm thinking the shark cage plays into the rumble somehow. Like that's may, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe um, he can't get out of the cage Owens, until the last minute. Owens tries to come out. Owens gets locked in the cage while whoever's like, yeah, get him locked in the cage. Jericho sneaks up and gets it. Oh, like Owens comes down to be in the rumble for Owens some reason. Owens comes down, yeah. And to, they swap places. He's, he's always watched my back. I'm, I've got his now, bro. And, and Jericho turns on him and locks him up. Right. Keeps him out of the rumble and then wins the rumble. And wins the rumble. And says, you know what? I did it and I didn't need your help. Wow. I like your booking there, actually. We'll see what happens. It'll be very interesting as we enter the 30th Royal Rumble ever. Because the first one was at a house show in 1987, Patrick. <laughs> a house it was, show? Really? Yeah, it was untelevised. It was only in front of 1,976 people. Wow. It happened October 4th in 1987 in St. Louis. And they were very hesitant to actually bring the Royal Rumble back after that because it bombed so badly. And the winner of the, technically the winner, not the WWE history winner, One Man Gang won that house show version of the Royal Rumble. And so he is, in fact, the original Royal Rumble winner. However, we're not taking it away from who won here tonight. No, this is this is the winner of tonight's one claim, I think, to fame, really. Oh, the, that see, come on. He had a great career, but this is the one thing that... Hacksaw's a good guy. Okay, well, it's January 24th, 1988, the original Royal Rumble TV special, because yes. it was not a it pay-per-view. Yeah, it wasn't even a pay-per-view. It was just kind of... It was like that Tuesday in Texas that they did, and Right, it was so on so USA far. Network. Yeah, It was a Sunday evening because I went back in the calendar and actually double-checked to make sure it was on a Sunday. So here we go. It's the first ever WWF Royal Rumble. Vince and Jesse the Body Ventura will have the call tonight, and I think Jesse the Body Ventura will go down as my MVP on this entire oh. card oh, because he, yeah. he did not let Vince fuck up. At he all. called out on all his bullshit. At all. He held Vince to the fire, and it was just so refreshing to see someone just say, Vince, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> right to his face. Uh, this this is why me and you always make the argument to anyone who will listen that one of the best commentators is Jesse Ventura. Yeah, the governor. The governor of Minnesota. The If you could have King J.R. Jesse Ventura and Dusty, that would be the perfect Not Dusty. Team. Don't bring no, Dusty into on. this. Come on. Don't you dare bring <laughs> Dusty into this. Jesse the Body Ventura, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and JR, I think, would be my the three really? that I would want there. Even though Bobby the Brain and Jesse Ventura both playing heels, but I just those were my Yeah. Those are my favorites, I think. I love Tony Schiavone's voice, but his announcing his actual play-by-play is just some of the worst I've ever heard, but I love Tony Schiavone, too. But And Mike, tonight, there's so many great announcements. We could go on and on about yeah. great wrestling commentators, but Jesse the Body Ventura is just one step above a lot of them for, for, for my taste. Tonight's unofficial main event, because this is when the WWF used to book the main event basically in the middle of the show. They would close out the show with the non-main event. Like If you're not counting the royal rumble my main event was first match well i know. I mean <laughs> well the the reason you would tune in tonight is to see the contract signing between oh, hulk hogan yeah. and andre the giant for the wrestlemania 3 rematch which will take place on the february 5th edition of main event which main event took place on a friday so it wasn't saturday's main event but just a main event and this is of course the main event where andre defeated hulk hogan 
and sells the title. <laughs> And sells the title to the Million Dollar Man, the closest Ted DiBiase ever got to being the champ. He actually took it to the house shows uh, for the week between the TV airings. So yeah, he went around he as the, champ. But it's not recognized by the books. And Andre's title reign is. It you know, is, that's just it what's is recognized, such, isn't it? Andre's is, but not Ted's. That's just bullshit. Oh, I think Ted's is. No, also. it's not. It's not on the books. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. That's okay. Jack Tunney fucked over your boy, Ted DiBiase. Come on now. If you buy it, if I make a legal purchase, you know, it was Andre's. He sold it to me. All sales are final. (laughs) (laughs) As is no refunds. Yeah. Vince and Jesse go over the card tonight. The Jumping Bomb Angels will take on the Glamour Girls. Dino Bravo is trying to break the world bench press record. That's one of the the events we'll see on the show. And then the Islanders will wrestle the Young Stallions in a two out of three falls match. And, of course, the main event, the name of the show, the first ever Royal Rumble will also occur. But only a 20-man Royal Rumble. Yeah, we didn't have 30 yet, so. Fink is in the ring, while Rick Rude's music is still, it plays throughout the entire intro. So I don't know what he was doing in the, he he wasn't on the mic, he was just standing around in the ring. Yeah, So he didn't even have to do his robe either, because it was already off. Yeah, we got, we missed the whole Rick Rude talk-up. I'm very disappointed. Because I know you love that, so. It's my favorite. It's in the video game. I like playing as Rick Rude just because they put that talk over in there. Just yeah. because I think it's one of the best. Man, it's he works. The, he worked the crowd with it, man. And just come out, tell the audience that they're a bunch of fat slobs. I mean, and when, sh- this is what a real man looks like in this robe. Oh my goodness! And then you know, show off your roidy muscles, and he got heat every night with it. It was brilliant. Ricky Steamboat is his opponent, so a Super Bowl two. Pre-match, basically. We've already reviewed one Rick Rude, Ricky Steamboat match on yes, the show. Yes, we have. And this is, believe it or not, your main event, folks. Your, match of the night. Yeah. Actually, I would say the Jumping Bomb Angels had a better match. Ooh. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Wow. And this is the second Rick Rude and Rick Steamboat match that we've watched that I've been very disappointed with. And I love both of these That's guys. I, I was thinking the same thing. Ricky Steamboat, he comes out, his theme gets dubbed over. And Fink does a dubbed over voiceover to announce him in there. Because he used to come out to the old uh, Michael Jordan mm-hmm. music, I guess, coming out. I don't he know did. what it's called, but... When they redid the DVD for WrestleMania three that they did, right around when they were doing the on demand, you know, very first. Do you remember when they put out WrestleMania? Like when 3? they put out the rest, like the definitive collection, like those. DVDs? No, when they put out the actual WrestleMania three DVD, and if you bought it for ten bucks at Walmart or Kmart or whatever, you got a, a like a, a Legends CD. Of like ten legendary theme songs. Wow! It was really like it was. That's low, cool. It was low key. Anyway, they put it in there, and that filed a, that caused a lawsuit, which is in fact put the wheels turning on dubbing over all music. That is why the music was dubbed over. But uh, no, I I always loved his his Jordan music. Steamboat skins the cat and dumps Rude over the ring and hits his back on the ring apron as he goes out. They look very painful. It kind of remind when Rick Rude tumbles out of the ring and hits his back. It reminded me of Shawn Michaels hitting his back on the. You took uh, the words right out of my mouth. The casket at yeah. at that Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah. The '98 Rumble. Yeah. That's was, what it reminded me of. It, it was, was very almost scary. identical because he thudded on it and. You saw him shake his arms, so I was thinking, man, he's lost feeling in his arms. He's he's really messed up his back. In addition to this being a slow match, this woman with the Jimmy Hart megaphone in the front row on the hard camera, Patrick, she ruined the match for me. And it remind this is what you would have done if you were at this event. 
you would have gone to the concession stand, bought your Jimmy Hart microphone, and then started screaming at Rick Rude and telling him what an asshole he is. Because that's what she did for the first ten minutes of the match. I would never do such a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's still real to you, damn it. That's right. That's why I'm in the business and a fan at the same time. And you know what? If you're not in the business, then don't lie. You were all fans before you got in. Just It's crazy that they would sell a megaphone, you know, something to cause distractions to their fans. Oh, I have at the, the WCW shop. version of it, so yes. I mean, she does it so much that Vince and Jesse acknowledge her and, and mention that she's <laughs> screaming yeah. at the wrestlers. Rude and Steamboat, they engage in these tests of strength so that Rude can flex his big artificial muscles. This is just oh. two roidy guys just posing and just... Steamboat wasn't roided. Okay. And then Steamboat locks in what is the story of this match, an endless armbar. This is just, if you love armbars, this is the match for you, pal. Rude will sometimes escape the armbar, but then Steamboat will just lock it right back in, right back to that armbar. Outside of a few strikes and clotheslines from Steamboat and Rude, it's all about the armbar today. Rude body slams Steamboat on the outside and then goes inside to pose with his arms. And he's no longer selling his hurt arm. He was locked in this arm bar for 10 minutes and then goes in the ring and poses with his hands over his head. So well, We could still pose with a hurt arm. Well, he this man could probably because he was determined to pose at every opportunity. When, when you look as good as he does, you know, you want to show it off. It's natural. All right. Well, it's artificial. <laughs> Rude locks in a camel clutch and it looks like Steamboat taps out. But tapping, Patrick, wasn't in the sport yet, so you could tap your hand on the mat. It's all verbal submissions back here in 1988. The ref checks Steamboat's arm, and it drops three times. I'm pretty sure that means he's out, I'm calling for the bell, yeah. Is it three times? I'm pretty sure it's three times. Three times, and I'm calling for the bell. And so when it drops three times, Ventura's like, that's it, it's over. Why isn't the ref calling for the bell? And the ref, this ref, picked it up for a fourth time. Yeah. And Steamboat then comes back to life. But that is bullshit. <laughs> Rude won the match right there. The first of two times Rude would get screwed over by the finish in this match. The woman with the megaphone gets silenced. I guess they finally took her away. No, they left her. They took away her megaphone. But her hat remains a problem for me because it's a very tall hat and she's in the front row, Patrick. What an asshole this lady is. You got second row seats to the first ever Royal Rumble and now you can't see over this woman's hat. Steamboat hits a vertical suplex on Rude. He climbs to the top rope for his crossbody. But Rick Rude shoves Dave Hebner in front of Ricky Steamboat. So Hebner takes the crossbody. And so, as a result of a disqualification for hitting the ref, your winner is Rick Rude. But No, it would have been Steamboat for that. No. Steamboat hits crossbody. Oh, you're right. I I didn't even make... (laughs) I didn't even make a note of this that, yes, technically... Steamboat's the one that hit the ref. If the ref didn't know how he got shoved, though. I'm pretty Correct. sure the ref knew how he got shoved because... Exactly. What ends up happening... So Hebner takes a ref bump, and then Rude puts Steamboat in a Canadian backbreaker. We are in Canada tonight. We're in Hamilton, Ontario, by the way. Rick Rude puts Steamboat in a Canadian backbreaker, and Hebner calls for the bell. And the announcers think that Rude has won the match, and his music starts playing, and he's walking to the back. Because Steamboat took him out. That's well, and he got the, he thinks he got the submission off the backbreaker. So he's walking to the back. He wins the match, he thinks, in 1640. But then the old dusty finish, Patrick, and they reverse the decision and hand the match to Ricky Steamboat from a disqualification, which you're right. Steamboat was the one hit Dave Hebner. Yeah. 
It was not Rick Rude. Rick Rude simply needed to reposition the referee. He was just using the referee as support to get himself up. He's trying to balance. Exactly. I mean, they're a part of the ring. You're a part of the ring as a referee, right? You're supposed to be just another object in the ring. I wouldn't go that far, but sure. (laughs) You're more than an object to me, Patrick Young. Thank you. I appreciate that. So what do you think of this first match on this very small card, actually? Not a lot of matches on this Oh, it was match of the night, that's for sure. No, the Jumping Bomb Angels, Patrick. The Jumping Bomb Angels and the Glamour Girls beat Rick Rude and Rick Steamboat for match of the night coming up for me a little bit later. Lilani Kai is one of the most amazing female wrestlers of all time, but I don't think you can top this match. This was a very boring match. And like I said, I was very disappointed in our in our boys Rick Rude and Rick Steamboat here. It could have been a lot better. Yeah. I'll be real honest. This pay-per-view, this TV special became very hard to watch because of the next segment, which <laughs> is when Dino Bravo tries to set a world bench-pressing record. That's right. And so we get out of this slow match, and now it's time for some bullshit here. As Mean Gene is... We don't bullshit in wrestling. Mean Gene is with Jesse Ventura, and Dino Bravo is going to try and set the world bench-pressing record, the record, the alleged record, in Seven, 1988. 705. 705. And so what Dino Bravo is trying to attempt here tonight is 715 pounds. But he's going to work his way up. He's not going straight. Yeah, which in some ways, don't you think doing all the bench-pressing before the world record attempt, didn't that kind of wear him out? Doing as much as he did, yes. But no, you want to do a little bit and work your way up. You don't want to... I don't know. I think I just go right for it. Well, that's how you tear ligaments and rip Ventura's there to be a spotter. He's there to save him if he gets in trouble. Dino starts with 415 and easily handles it. Then he goes to 505, then 555. In between attempts, he would yell at the crowd. Well... Ventura would yell at the crowd, give the man a chance. It, it takes full concentration to lift when you're start when you're lifting weight that pounds, I mean serious weight like that. Give the guy the chance to make the attempt, whether you like him or not. And so, you know Frenchie Martin. Frenchie Martin, you know, Jesse, they all asked for complete silence from the audience. The audience did not want to give them that. This man could have gotten killed. Had they, had they <laughs> and not, the audience was responsible. Uh, exactly. So, you know. He does 595, and then he gets to 655 and barely gets the bar up for that 655. And here we go. It's time to set the record. 715. And then Dino drops the bar to his chest, and uh-oh, some big problems here. But luckily, Jesse the Body Ventura... Helps him pull the bar up. It was a clean lift. Your new world record holder is Dino Bravo. Well, we still have to measure. We we still have to weigh the bar, so it can be a little bit different. So we still have to we still have to wait for the results to come in. But according to Jesse the Body Ventura, he didn't help at all. Even though no. he clearly lifted the bar. No, he didn't. He did not. He just was reaching down. He never grabbed on. He just had his hands open, ready for if and (laughs) when he needed to. So, (laughs) I said, if I was at this event, I would have used this time to go to the snack bar or go to the bathroom. Or he was off to the side of the stage too, so there's no you can't even really see. Yeah, it it wasn't even in the interview area. It was like way off. So. Jimmy Hart is with the Glamour Girls now. It's time for the World's Women's Tag Team Championship match. 
The Glamour Girls are the title holders. They are Judy Martin and Leilani Kai. And then the Jumping Bomb Angels are their challenger. And here I go with some Japanese names again. Norio Titano and Izuki Yamazaki. I will just use Bomb Angel Pink and Bomb Angel Red. Okay, Vince. (laughs) Yes, Vince doesn't know the Jumping Bomb Angel. This man pays their... Pays his, he's the owner. It's one thing if you and I don't know the difference between them because we don't work there. This guy's the owner. He's signing their paychecks, and Jesse the Body Venture calls him out and says, You don't know which one's which, do you? And he's like, No, I'm just going to call one pink and one red yep. because that's what they had was one pink, one had some pink uh, tights on and one had some red tights on. And so, so Bomb Angel Pink and Bomb Angel Red. Until we come back from commercial and someone has told Vince their names after the has commercial he? break. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't get you that. Vince and Jesse spend the first few minutes of this match arguing over the weightlifting record. Vin- Ventura is determined to say that yes, he only he was only there for safety. He actually didn't put any weight on that. No bar. weights whatsoever. The hands were open. He just had them there to catch if he needed it. I make that argument too. This match, for whatever reason, is a two out of three falls match. The pink bomb angel is. Nario and the red is Itsuki for those watching at home. Itsuki lifts Judy Martin up for a pile driver, but then changes it just to a slam and saves her from a broken neck because if she had hit this pile driver, Judy Martin would not be walking today. Leilani Kai eats some drop kicks from Itsuki. The bomb angels lock in double figure fours, stereo figure fours, and this gets a big reaction from the crowd. This is in Canada, reminder, because if this was in America, there would be USA chants all through this match. The angels work on Kai's legs and until she's able to tag in Judy Martin. Judy rips Itsuki off the top turnbuckle, almost like a powerbomb. She thuds her to the ground. Martin does the alley-oop, a second week of the alley-oop. I thought that this shitty Big Show move was unique to him, but we get an alley-oop. It's we see it. one of the worst moves we see in it. history. What was it, like 25 years before? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Big Show was watching Royal Rumble 1 heading into, what was that? Oh, Invasion. Yes. So 2001 to 88. So yes, he waited. He waited no. 13 years Thir- to break this out. 13 years. Okay. Martin gets a pinfall off the alley oop. So she scores the first pinfall in this two out of three falls match, and the Glamour Girls go up one to nothing as we head to commercial break. We come back. Atsuki hits a sunset flip, and the Bomb Angels, the Jumping Bomb Angels, tie it all up. It's one apiece as we head into our final frame. Leilani Kai hits a nice double underhook suplex for a two count. Then Nario slams Judy Martin and Suki drops a top rope knee on her, but this only gathers a two count. She follows it up with a double underhook suplex and a bridging pin attempt for another two count. The finish of the match comes when the jumping bomb angels hit double missile drop kicks on Judy Martin. It that was could- it was pretty ugly looking. It was it was an intense move. And get the win and the women's tag belts in 1521, despite when the Bomb Angels pin Martin, they hooked the shoulder. So Martin's shoulder was actually up for this pin count, and the ref blew it. In 1521, the Jumping Bomb Angels, your new women's tag team champions. And I think this is match of the night, Patrick. Lonnie Kai. Is great. Is one of the all-time best female wrestlers. I thought all these female wrestlers were light years better than any of the Attitude Era wrestling we saw, really. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. The Attitude Era. One thing, even though the Glamour Girls' outfits looked... They looked out of the 1950s with their golden onesies, but this is the kind of wrestling attire that females, I, in my opinion, should wear instead of these 
scantily clad Nikki Bellas of the world. I like, of course you don't like that. Why? It's times, more legit. Times change. It's more legit. Wearing something like that is why Fabulous Mula got over so well because she was showing her body. And oh my goodness, and that's what made her famous in the... 60s. I don't think there's anything wrong with showing off your body, but I just think it can be done in a... She was wearing the exact same thing that they were wearing. Yeah, I think what they were wearing was fine. What I'm saying is times change. I understand that. If women of today were still wearing that, you would not have the divas slash women's revolution that you had. Well, yeah, because they're, what because they were wearing looks dated. nobody see that anymore. Yeah, it's outdated. I I understand that, but I'm just saying I think they should look more like female MMA fighters when they go to the ring. Okay, well, see, now that I can make an argument about. I agree. Instead of wearing like bikini type okay. stuff. Like, see, I was thinking you were like they should wear exactly just like. Oh this. no no no. Okay, no. that's what I was. I was like, come on, man, don't. I'm not gonna take away all the fun. Jeez, <laughs> the Hulk and Andre contract signing is up next. Vince and Jesse tossed to clips from WrestleMania three with Hogan and Andre and the controversy when that um, dummy. Joey Morella counted to three on a near fall. Andre won WrestleMania (laughs) 3. I'm making that argument. I still have. Of course, the whole story here is that Ted DiBiase would like to buy the world title. Why wrestle for it when you can just buy it? Everybody's got a price. And Hulk Hogan, in response to this, says, Hell no! That was so PG for him. Well, especially what we know what Hulk Hogan actually says in his private life. Oh, oh. DiBiase says, That's fine, Hogan. He'll buy it eventually. Just sell it to... Here's what I say. Hogan's an idiot. Sell him the belt, then challenge him to a match, and win the belt back and get the money. That's brilliant. (laughs) Or just sell it to him and hit him with a chair and take the money and the belt. Don't even wrestle the match. Just take the money. Virgil's always walking around with a handful of money out in the open. Yeah, I don't see how he didn't get jumped. Because if somebody really wanted it, they're going to get it from Virgil. Let's be honest. Andre got the jump on Hogan on an episode of Saturday Night's main event and choked him out. Choke the immortal Hulk Hogan out. Andre agrees to sell him the belt when he wins it on the upcoming episode of Main Event. So, a deal is struck between the heels for this belt that they don't have yet. Here we come to the contract signing. Andre comes out with Ted DiBiase, who is in a sparkly silver suit, and he's accompanied by Virgil. Mean Gene then introduces Hogan, and Andre is not amused by Hogan's showboating and grandstanding. I loved Andre's reaction to not to no-sell Hogan's fucking grandstanding. I hate Hogan's grandstanding. So, Jack Tunney. Oh, funny Jack Tunney is out there to oversee this contract signing. Hogan sits down at the table, but then Andre, he's not going to sit down. No. Even though he could just stand up and sign it. So, really, neither of them had to sit down, but... We have to be professional. He eventually finally does, though, after teasing not for a while. DiBiase demands Hogan to sign his contract and then chastises him for refusing the deal. Why didn't you take the deal, dummy? And he tells Hogan that Andre will end his career. If only we were that lucky. Oh, come on. Hogan signs the contract. DiBiase says that on February 5th, Hulk will be history. Then Andre takes the contract and notices that something in the contract doesn't look right to him. And he just looks it over very closely. But then he eventually signs it. He stands up and Hogan and Andre stare each other down. And then Andre grabs Hogan by the face and throws him into this legit, well-built table. The greatest built table in all of wrestling history. This was a solid oak... Four. It was leg very reinforced. Table. Yes. This, you were not putting. Andre himself could have landed on this thing and not broke it. Okay. Andre throws Hogan face first into this legit table. Table of Japan. 
and then the heels all scatter. The Royal Rumble match is next, the first ever on television. Who is your prediction for this Royal Rumble match? Oh, I'd have to go. Let me pull up the uh, the card here. I've forgotten all the participants, Patrick. This is a very important thing. We're it's going this. to 29 years ago. 29 years ago to the day. Damn, I'm getting old. <laughs> no, because this was the same year I was born. <laughs> okay, here is your entrant list. All right, so I got my pick. Well, I'm not going to go over the list. You can just tell me your pick because I'm going to mention all their entrants. All, all right. the entrants come. My out. pick for this Royal Rumble is Dangerous Danny Davis. Wow, that's a good pick. I would go with. Not a lot to choose from here, Patrick. I would actually take The Rock, Don Morocco. That's a good. That's a good pick. All right. Okay. Yes, the Royal Rumble match is next. By the way, they do not mention in the rules to this original Rumble, the two-feet rule. There is no two-feet rule here in this Rumble. It didn't come into play, but just to remind there everybody. There was never a two-foot rule. When did that happen? There was never a two-foot rule till Sean oh, dangled. one foot yeah, in 95. There was never, they went that many years without clarifying? Without a two-foot rule. They just said over the top rope. And, and you're done. And you land on the floor. They never clarified a two-foot rule till 96. This also is not for the title shot at WrestleMania. It's an achievement to win it, but it gets you absolutely nothing. You just get to brag, say you were the first one to win the Royal Rumble ever. Just saying. And it's only 20 men, which they've tinkered with. It's been as many as 40 men at one point. So That was a one-time only thing. I, I don't know why they're not. To put Alberto Del Rio over with, yes. Yeah, they didn't. that did not get them anywhere, just so you know. Now they've got enough people on the roster. They could do a 50-man battle royal. if they. And they why could do, 50? Why not double it and do 60? Do 100. <laughs> I'm being serious, though. If you're going to be like, you know what, the original Royal Rumble, we're just going to double it. Well, remember, that's what World War Three was, right? They did 60. Right man that's probably why they won't because wcw already did it if wcw had never done but they had three they had three rings why not put 60 men in one ring not at the same time like if they did it like the rumble where they came out one at a time that was the problem with world war three is they just all went out there at the same time yeah but if you did it rumble wise and that you that would take Two and a half, three hours. No, if you had one come out every 30 seconds. That doesn't give you enough time to even... You get into the ring, you get to throw a couple of punches, next guy comes. Get in the ring, throw a couple of punches, next guy comes. That is perfect timing, and you don't really pay attention to who's coming out. You pay attention strictly to the ring and be like, oh, he's the next one coming in. Oh, he's the next one coming in, and then... It is kind of nice that the camera didn't, like... Cut away. Right, we don't go to the ramp. You to had sit. the little side box that and showed... And then just the guys in the... the he runs out. Yeah, you know? who was coming out. So I, it's a surprise to you until the very last second. Right. Fink reads the rules with Bret Hart and Tito. Adiba! <laughs> They're already in the ring, which I feel like this is a fairer way to start the Royal Rumble than OSW Review pointed this out. Number two is actually the worst number to have in the Royal Rumble match because the first guy can stand in the ring and scout you as you walk down to the ring, and then as soon as you slide in beat the shit out of you so number two is actually the worst number to have number one at least you're in the ring already they're both not good draws but if you i'd rather be number one than number two well that's true but this time for the first one they're already in the ring and they get to start at the same time that's fair that's the way to do it actually i have a feeling most of this match is just going to be strikes and i'm correct (laughs) brett slows tito with an inverted atomic drop we get the countdown, and we get the natural. Butch Reed is in at number three to no reaction. The crowd seemingly... The crowd was pretty dead for this. Yeah. Reed lands a double axe handle smash from the top rope. Very dangerous to do on the Rumble. Then Neidhart comes down to the ring next 
with no timer on the screen. They forgot the timer for Jim the Anvil Neidhart's entry. And now it's three heels versus Tito. This should go well. Tito's got this. They hold Tito down for Brett, or as Jesse Ventura calls him, Chico. Chico. Why does he call him that? He's just racist. He has always called him Chico. I don't understand it. I... Okay, we're going to ask Jesse. They hold Chico down for Brett to land an elbow off the top rope. The number five, this is actually probably, I should change my pick. I should have picked Jake the Snake Roberts because he was the most over wrestler in this whole thing. And the DDT is just, everyone wants to see this thing. Number five, Jake the Snake Roberts. Face Jake the Snake Roberts, by the way. As soon as he gets in the ring, he dumps Butch Reed over. And there you have it, the first eliminated wrestler in Royal Rumble television history. Butch Reed is the first one eliminated. There's a lot of things to be known for. First ever. (laughs) You never want to go down in history as the first one ever eliminated in the Royal Rumble. But he's not the fastest elimination. So thank goodness that that is Santino because I was I was starting to feel pretty bad for the Bushwhackers. Okay, that was that was really getting rough on them. So. So Jake the Snake eliminates Reed and then helps Tito beat down the Heart Foundation. DDT chance. They want to see that DDT. They would not be rewarded in this match. Jake calls for the DDT on Brett, but Neidhard saves him from the devastating finishing move. Brett lands a pile driver on Tito, then King Harley Race is out next at number six. Jumping Jim Brunzel is out next at seven. All the wrestlers gang up on Brett. For some reason, they've all determined Brett is the most dangerous guy in he's this been, match. He's been in there the longest. He's the easiest prey. Then Sam Houston is out at number eight, Jake the Snake's brother, which I wish they had played into storyline, said, you know, maybe these brothers will team up, but no such luck. The Hart Foundation tosses Tito out of the ring, so he is the second man gone. Dangerous. Danny Davis is out at number nine. That's my pick. And he is only interested in fighting Sam Houston at first. They have a feud going on for some reason, so that's who he's going to focus on. Jake Roberts hits Harley Race, who teeter-totters on the ropes, a very funny-looking spot where Jake will punch him, he'll teeter down, and come back up, get punched again. It's like if you punched like an inflatable clown, yeah. and it just comes back up. It's very funny to me. DDT chance again. They really want this DDT, but they don't get it. Then here's your actual pick. Boris Zukov enters no. the ring at number 10. Your boy, Boris Zuka. No. Brett hands out his beautiful backbreaker at will to all the all the baddies in the ring, which for the few wrestling moves that happen in this match, Brett Hart's backbreaker is one of the greatest looking moves in pro wrestling. Nikolai Volkov and Don Morocco run out at the same time. We have a a dispute at who is number eleven. But Don Morocco somehow convinces the refs to let him in first. Nikolai Volkov just stands around the outside. And waits for the timer to tick down. Nikolai was wanting to get in there with his tag partner. You say to get in with your tag partner, why not just wait and be, be number 20 or whatever? Say, okay, I'm going to the to back. save his tag partner. To save his tag partner. Because at the time of coming out, his tag partner, Boris, was getting ganged up on pretty bad. In kayfabe, though, they drew numbers in the back. So he actually knew what his number was. So there's no reason for him to run out at the wrong time. He had his number. He's just that stupid. He, yeah. I mean, he just got confused. He had, a, he had a big piece of paper with 12 on it and didn't realize when to go. Yeah, he wishes he could get in the ring because Boris is tossed out. See, told you. By Jake the Snake Roberts and Jumping Jim Brunzel. Volkov is then allowed in the match at number 12. Just missed him. Just missed his tag partner. Morocco tosses out King Harley Race. 
The refs have to restrain the king from coming back into the ring. Then Jim Duggan comes out to a big response at number 13. He gets smacked by Harley Race as he's walking to the ring, and he thinks about attacking Harley Race, but then he just says, ah, forget about it, and goes and enters the Royal Rumble match. Ventura is quick to always mention how Bret is the Iron Man. They really wanted to give Bret Hart the shine in this match. Then Ron Bass enters at 14, who I thought looked like Hercules Hernandez. Outlaw Ron Bass. Nikolai Volkov eliminates jumping Jim Brunzel. Then, as soon as Jim Brunzel is eliminated, B. B Brian Brian Blair Blair enters the ring at number 15. This was not a good night to meet your tag partner in the ring because now two tag teams have missed each other. Hillbilly Jim enters at 16 and tosses Neidhart out. Dino Bravo enters at 17, exhausted from list. He just lifted 715 pounds earlier tonight. Yep. Now he's got to fight in this match. Dino's number 17. Ron Bass drops Sam Houston over the top rope from his shoulders, and Sam Houston thuds on the mats outside. That hurt. The Ultimate Warrior, who's just the warrior, enters at number 18, and Don Morocco finally eliminates Bret Hart. Bret had a great showing in this rumble. He was the Iron Man. One Man Gang enters at 19. He eliminates B. Brian Blair. Then One Man Gang eliminates Jake the Snake. So no DDT for this crowd. Number 20 is JYD, and that completes your Royal Rumble field. Warrior is wearing yellow and red. I bet Hogan was pissed backstage that Warrior wore his colors out tonight. (laughs) Duggan eliminates Nikolai Volkov for America, even though they're in Canada. When you look at this ring, you can really tell... Look at all this body mass. These are big, big, burly men in the ring that are left. This was a big... This was a big man match. One man gang eliminates Hillbilly Jim. Duggan three-point stances Danny Davis over the top ropes, and so he's gone. Dino Bravo and One Man Gang casually throw Warrior over, and they high-five each other for throwing Warrior over. Ron Bass eliminates JYD, who had the shortest time in the match. So then Ron Bass, after eliminating JYD, he just sort of stands around, and Morocco comes behind him and throws him out. The final four is One Man Gang. gang. Morocco, Bravo, and Duggan. Right. So yeah, your final four is One Man Gang, Morocco, Bravo, and Duggan. One Man Gang splashes Duggan in the corner. The Rock, Don Morocco, fires up on One Man Gang, Frenchie, and Dino. He's taken out everybody, but then One Man Gang tosses him out. It's two-on-one for the heels. It's Dino, Bravo, and One Man Gang versus Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan gets double clotheslined. Then Dino holds Duggan, but Duggan ducks out of the way, and One Man Gang clotheslines his pal over the ropes. One Man Gang clotheslines Dino out of the match. So now your final two, the first Royal Rumble winner, One Man Gang, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ventura is sure that Duggan can only win with his 2x4 and really wants Duggan to turn heel here, which would have been pretty awesome, actually, I think, <laughs> if he had gotten... He never uses that 2x4, you know, as a, as a weapon, so right. it would have been nice if he had, he had gotten it. Well, it really, truly, the Royal Rumble's no disqualification. I know, that's what I was so thinking. So he could have died. Why not just it. take that shit to the ring anyway? Yeah. yeah. One man gang charges Duggan, and we get the old duck down and pull the ropes down, and one man gang eliminates himself, basically, and Jim Duggan wins the first televised Royal Rumble in 33 minutes. Jim Duggan's biggest claim to fame. You get nothing for this other than just that acknowledgement. That, this got him in the Hall of Fame. He's made a career out of it. I mean, he yeah. was the most over guy next to Jake the Snake in this match, so... Yeah, people love... But Hacksaw. he's in Canada and he's Mr. America, so it was kind of... But, I mean, let's think about this. People love Hacksaw still to this day. You put Hacksaw Jim Duggan in a Legends show or at a show, period, to to 
come and meet, he's going to have the longest line. Yeah, he just people love this guy. Yeah. So it's he never had any, you know, major title wins or any kind of other accolades, so it's right. great that he does have this one thing that he can always say, which technically isn't even true because One Man Gang won the first one ever, but he won the first on TV. There you have 29 years ago. Duggan gets a good reaction from the crowd here in Canada. Your stat line for this Royal Rumble match. One Man Gang eliminated six people, so he wins the Kane elimination, most elimination award. Brett was in the match for the longest at 25 minutes, 42 seconds, and JYD had the shortest stint in the ring at 2 minutes and 30 seconds. And Jim Duggan wins the Royal Rumble from entry number, lucky number 13. Lucky 13. So that concludes the Royal Rumble, and you would think that concludes this show, Patrick. But like I said, this is back when they booked the main events to be in the middle and had shit at the front, shit at the end. It was a shit sandwich. (laughs) So that's what we've got tonight. That was your meat of your shit sandwich. (laughs) Vince and Ventura talk about the contract signing again, and we get it replayed even though we just saw it. 30 minutes ago. Craig DeGeorge is with Hogan. He says he'd never sell out to Ted DiBiase and Andre can't beat him and all his Hulkamaniac. To beat Hulkamania, you've got to beat every Hulkamaniac in here and you can't do it! Alright, there he is, the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion Hulk Hogan! He was wrong. A two out of three falls tag team match is next. Your go home match. Not the, like you said, not the main event. This, this made me want to go home. I was ready to go home a long time ago in this show. This show is very hard for me to watch. And with only four matches on it. I saved you for next week, so you're going to go on. Haku and Tama Fatu, the older, well, the twin brother of the big quiche and the older brother of Umaga, Tama Fatu, is with Ming or Haku, they're the Islanders with Bobby the Brain Heenan, who, did he come out with them? I don't remember seeing Bobby the Brain. He did not. He didn't even show up. Did you not hear what they were talking about? What happened to Bobby the Brain Heenan? They kidnapped Matilda. Oh, the uh, British Bulldog. Dog. That's really why they said he wasn't there? The Islanders kidnapped her and held her at ransom. And so then when they got him back, they wanted... They were suggesting the Islanders would eat the dog. Correct. And Jack Tunney made a phone call and forced him to to go get her from the Islanders, at which point Tom Bobby Heenan was then fined and suspended for knowing... What a stupid story. Knowing right? locations and all that. Okay, so Bobby the Brain got the night off. Paul Roma and Jim Powers, the Young Stallions. Boy, this is a two out of three falls that I wish was a five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this... The Young Stallions theme song sounds pretty cool, though. They had a good theme song. Power starts out with Tama Fatu, who I mentioned, yes, is Keisha's twin brother and Umaga's older brother. Tama offers his hand in friendship, but then gives up. Vince admits he almost went to sleep during the bench pressing segment. So even Vince is telling us that this show has been boring. The offense here is pretty even for the most part. Both teams land simple strikes and quick slams. The Islanders slow powers down with a double headbutt. Remember, foreigners have hard heads. Remember that. Vince says that Tama, his toes, could have him hanging upside down off a branch. And Jesse calls him a racist for saying that. I would too. Yes, he (laughs) called... But this is the same man that calls Tito Chico. Roma botches a dropkick on Tama, then the Islanders chuck Roma out of the ring and he sells his leg. Oh, my leg! Joey Morella is chided by Ventura for not counting. He's not counting this man out quick enough, Patrick. And Ventura keeps giving Vince a really hard time about being racist. Then Morella finally counts Paul Roma out after an eternity. He probably got a one-minute ten count here. We go to commercial. So that's the first fall. The Islanders get the first fall from a count out. 
We go to commercial, and you would think, okay, we'll resume the match when we get back. Oh, no, no, no. More highlights from the contract signing. And then Andre is going to do an interview with Ted DiBiase in the middle of this match. The competitors are in the ring just standing around like a bunch of assholes. While Ted DiBiase does an inter- interview. Have you ever seen a two out of three falls match just stop for an interview? No. With other people? Yes. <sighs> DiBiase says Hogan will lose on main event. Then Andre says he's undefeated and he'll destroy Hogan. I should have turned closed captioning on for Andre because his words were... He was very garbled and French. Well, so. I mean, yeah, he is French, so... Roma and Powers walk back out. They got to go to the locker room and heal up. And Roma got treatment on his knee, so now his leg is wrapped. Tama focuses on the bad knee, but somehow Roma manages to tag Powers in. Then Powers beats up Haku and lands some vertical suplexes and quick covers. Roma tags in and Haku batters his leg. Ventura wishes it was Vince's knees, he says. Thomas splashes his legs from the top turnbuckle, and Haku locks in a half-crab, and Roma verbally submits. And a rare two-out-of-three-falls match ends in only two falls. That is very rare. A clean sweep. That is very, very rare. Before we go on to the ending here, what did you think of this match? This was bad. Yes, this was... uh, not necessary at all. This is probably the worst match we've actually had. No, no, fought. no, no, no. Don't you dare go there. This is way better than your fucking boys at that Legends Reunion show. Oh, come on. Then your boy Dory Funk and Dory uh, Nick Bonkwinkle. Dory Funk and Nick Bonkwinkle tore the house down. <laughs> no. Yeah, they tore the house down because it got repossessed. Oh, come on. Yes, this was a shitty match. It had no point. No, This was just time filler. This was just, we need to fill three hours on the USA Network. And even then, that doesn't fill it, because we go back to Jesse, the body Ventura, and Vince McMahon, who... It's been five minutes talking. ...wrapping everything up. And uh, Ventura says, winning the Royal Rumble is all about the luck of the draw. No, it's not. Then they discuss the world bench press record that may or may not have happened. It did. They argue whether Dino Bravo set the record, and the arena behind them is totally empty. They have... They have. The people have headed to the doors. This This was a long show. I'm going to sleep now just doing this podcast. They recap the contract signing and mention February 5th for the millionth time. The date February 5th is burnt into my mind. That concludes the Royal Rumble 1988, the first ever Royal Rumble. Did you know that this show, when it aired 29 years ago, was the highest rated cable TV show of all time with an 8.2 rating? Oh my goodness. Now, I know cable was in its infancy back then, but... Man, still, though. Holy cow. I applaud anyone who actually stuck with not only this show, but our podcast. Because, man, this was a this rough This was show. rough. And it only had four matches. I thought, how could I go wrong? How could I go wrong? This was rough. I really, 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 <laughs> really wanted to pay you back, but I didn't. Well, thank you. Yes. What did you think of the Royal Rumble 1988 overall? Uh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought that... No, it was shit. Well, the Royal Rumble... You can't polish a turd, dude. It was was shit. The card, yeah, was bad, but the match itself, the Royal Rumble match, you could tell that this had a lot of potential. Yeah, no. Once they got it figured out. Yes. Because this was not figured out where, you you know how it is now where... Even if you have six guys in the ring, four of them, you know, go lay down in the corners for a second, and then two guys have a spot. You know, there's spots, there's choreography, there's thought behind it, instead of just, I get in the ring and I'll just punch you for a while, and when the ref tells me to chuck you out, I will, and, and then we'll just do it that way. So, a very disorganized start, but... 
It yes. had a lot of potential. I still think it's the best gimmick match there is in all oh, of wrestling. Oh, I'm, I'm not denying that, yeah. And but even if I wasn't a subscriber to the network, I would I would pay just to watch this show. The Not this show, but Royal Rumbles for the future. Yeah. I'm glad that this... I'm glad that this happened, that this match was invented, but do not watch this show, ever. Stay far, far away from Royal Rumble 1988. There's a reason this was never on DVD until the Royal Rumble Essential Collection came out, so... You have, for historical purposes only, I would watch watch the original Royal Rumble match. But you have a fast-forward on your VCR, on your PlayStation remote, Xbox remote. On your computer. On your computer, whatever. You have a fast-forward for a reason. It's bookmarked. Go right to it. Use it. Go right to it. Watch the Royal Rumble. Once it's over, turn it off. (laughs) Don't think any more about it. That is it. Stay far, far away from you Royal Rumble. You will literally slip into a coma if you sit here and try to watch this. From it start took to me finish. multiple times to want to finish this thing. This was rough, dude. Because I would, I watched the rude steamboat match, and that really, it that, really took it out of me. And then I was like, okay. Then the weightlifting thing happened, and I was just totally zoned out. This is something that Vince himself would enjoy because he's Mister Bodybuilder. Oh yeah, he was probably just sitting there, just salivating over watching, you know, Dino Bravo pumping this iron or whatever. Yeah. But then, oh yeah, the rest of the matches, oh yeah, <laughs> and then to know that we got through the Rumble match and then it's still not over. Yeah, it's just like no. That's no. your that's your closing match, the Islanders and the Young Stallions. Young Stallions. That's terrible. This, on our rating scale. This was a steaming pile of shit. On our rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, because that's how we rate things, Patrick. It's a great rating scale. It's uh, You know, people rave about it. You know, people yeah. are, are ready to do movie reviews based on this scale. So they love our scale. Where would you stack this show? Drum roll, please. This is a max... Mini shoelace. I am going to give this one a fuzzy cupid. What is a fuzzy cupid? Fuzzy cupa, uh, fuzzy coupon. <laughs> fuzzy cupid was an American vertically challenged professional wrestler who lived from 1928 to 1976. He was four feet zero inches. Hell, he's almost too tall, Patrick. He's almost too tall. But that is who I will pick for my rating here. This I'm giving is, this a fuzzy cupid. I gotta, a fuzzy middle finger is more appropriate. That's more appropriate because this was shit. Well, to give it some benefit of the doubt, it was given to you on USA Network. It's not like someone that's went out true. and spent money on this. That's true. Very, very so true. So that's the one thing is that at least you didn't spend $30 on this. Now, Patrick, I'm so sorry about my pick. I didn't. I've never watched this before. So. I hadn't either, and now I know why. Yeah. So. so, that was my pick for this week as we head into the 30th Royal Rumble match happening this Sunday. Where will we go next week, Pat? My hands cramping up really bad, and it keeps wanting to form into four fingers. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. So we're going to. The reformation of the Four Horsemen with September 14th, 1998, Monday Night Nitro. September 14th, 1998, the reformation of the Four Horsemen 
on Monday Nitro, which we've discussed this before, I was not aware of any backstage drama with Ric Flair. I knew that he had been off TV for a while, but when he returned, I just wasn't in on it. And yeah. so this came off as very strange to me. I was like, okay, they're wearing suits and they're walking to the ring. What's so special? But uh, it turned out to be one of the uh, greatest moments in Nitro history, for sure. Sadly, well, we'll talk about it next week, but WCW left a lot of money on the table. That's all I can really... Yeah. That's that's my tease for next week. As always, you can get all these shows at RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. And some big news today, Patrick. If you've stuck with this podcast this long, you will get exclusive news that I submitted our podcast to iTunes to be reviewed, so possibly next week. And from weeks on out, we will be on iTunes, which will allow mobile users to get our podcast and make it more easily. It'll be searchable. Things will really take off for us, so... There you go. Some exciting news in the world of podcast. The Retro Wrestling Podcast. You can get all our episodes RetroWrestlingPodcast.com, on Sherbet, on SoundCloud, and on our Facebook page, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. If you can't find Facebook. them, come to my Facebook page, Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling. And there you go. And, and there you have it. And it so is. ends episode number 21 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bango. All right. How is this concept first explained to you? Uh, it's the brainchild of, uh, is it Patterson, I guess? I think Pat, yeah. Pat was a genius for the business, of course. And, uh, and I always got along with Pat, but... Uh, yeah, that was the first one, and of course, uh, was I don't think it was a pay-per-view. That, that no, it was a free either. broadcast right. on USA. And uh, of course, that's the the feather in my cap. Is what I still hang my hat on. You know, folks to this day say, "Hey, you won the first Royal Rumble," and that's uh, I was kind of really disappointed I wasn't in this year's Royal Rumble because I was in last year's. You know, and I had a good response and I had a good time. But uh, of course, to be able to win that, that was uh, you know one of the, the highlights of my career. How intensely is it booked? You've got uh, 30 guys, and they're given an order. Are you, well, first of all, you're given the order, obviously, when you're going in. Are you given the order when you're going out, and after how long, or is that something you guys are working out? On no, everything, own? you know, nowadays, even your verbiage is scripted, of course. But back then? Back, back then, everything, not, not your verbiage, of course. And I think that kind of hurt the business, because the way I cut an interview is different than the way Bossman or Jake or Flair or anybody else cuts an interview. I think it all gets homogenized when you have a group of writers writing verbiage for the same guys. But no, back then, I mean, you knew who was going out when. And, and of course, that's one thing about professional wrestling. You know, people say, well, you know, wrestlers, this and that. I mean, you, you sit in and going over a match and going over an involved finish with a lot of things going on, it's quite an art form for guys to pull that off. I mean, you see, we just had um, Freddie Prince Jr., I believe, was a WWE pr uh, producer for a while. I mean, he, and I talked with him, he's like, I can't believe you guys, you know, you show up at 2 o'clock, boom, 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 and you do it. You know, it's a, it's a, it says a lot about the guys 